0: another week it's black history month missed y'all y'all
1: missed us it is black history month i'm black y'all i'm black oh. y'all i'm black, yeah. black.
0: we still as black as we was yeah before black history month because you know black history is 365 yeah. but i'll take the month sure whatever um, but i've been watching you know a lot of good tv um i was able to watch malcolm and marie did you did you do the, the zendaya and john david washington
1: yes. movie and first of Netflix. all there were so many so I love a good monologue. I think that's why, like, the mm-hmm. monologues in Scandal mm-hmm. never anno- igno- annoyed me. I love yeah. plays because I love words and, like, being able to capture that. So I know a lot of people were complaining about their monologues and stuff like that, but that was probably my it's favorite. It's an
0: acquired taste. That was probably
1: my favorite part if of If you the don't world.
0: like monologues, if you don't like dialogue, yeah. if you don't pay attention, this yeah, movie is not for
1: you. It's not, it's not. Which is completely fair. Yeah. And it's in black and white. So you really yeah. have to but like- But the cinematography- I, on this Yeah, movie. and and I was listening to something that Zendaya had said beforehand of like, because so many people were like, wait, they're arguing, but they get they get every word that they want to say out. That's not how our argument actually works. And the whole concept was, but what if we actually listened to the whole argument of what someone was saying? So that's why like they well, never they never cut each other off.
0: Cause usually right, right, right. Or you're so busy
1: trying to think of what you want to say, you're not listening to them. Exactly, either. exactly. And this forces you, so you to listen, listen to everything, everything, everything that they have to say. To say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I yeah. I loved it. I think, and of course I feel like commentary comes out so quickly, but I feel like there are folks who and, and they even talk about this in the movie, but like put a political lens on it. So some people are like, "This is just a white man oh, writer man. using these black people as a mouthpiece to like talk about his gripes with the film industry that he couldn't say as a white man, but he could put John David Washington on it and oh. as a black man." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's true." Well, I didn't even think about that. But I was going, <laughs> I I was going into this like for the art of it, and because so much of, and I'm just taking Zendaya's words for it, but like. There were so many things because she said, hey, can you write a movie for me? That everything he wrote down, right. she and David, and John David was like, yeah, this.
0: Had influence yeah. over. Yeah, or like, this is right. a topic. And that's that's how what I, do I thought we, too, yeah. her interview. How do we
1: say this as Black people? This is a topic. Now y'all have to tell me how this would, how this would play out in a conversation. How this, people. yeah. Yeah. Because some
0: of the stuff, I was like, oh, this is a good point. And then I turned the room and be like, oh, hey, me wrote this? Like, because it sounded so. Yeah. The <laughs> authentic, <laughs> you'll get yeah, it. You yeah, movies.
1: oh, that oh, that the knife, the knife scene was just everything. But oh my god, and even it
0: sounded so authentic, but yeah, it just it sounded like a black person yeah. wrote it. I kept like, I was like, a white person wrote
1: it. So, the, the background is, they, I don't know, I was impressed. The background is. Zendaya, who's amazing. If you haven't seen Euphoria, watch it. I, I started watching right. Zendaya. It's the guy
0: from Who Euphoria, yeah, right? yeah,
1: Um, But she told Sam, who's the yeah. writer, director, producer um, of Malcolm and Marie, she, during the beginning of quarantine, like, "Hey, can you write a movie for me?" And so they started writing this, and they talked about like they wanted to keep their um, crew from Euphoria still employed because this is the pan- the panoramic, mm-hmm. so Working. people wasn't employed. Yeah. So then they talked about like the process and Sam was like, I would send five pages to Zendaya or Zendaya. Zendaya, I always say Zendaya, but Zendaya, and then she would come back with notes or then when they looped John David in it, then they would come back and he would say, no, like, let's do this, whatever. So even it wasn't like, and I'm not clearly in the film industry, but like the, finished script then you read it and it wasn't like from it. it was yeah. like they were building and then it was just,
0: uh, him. yeah because yeah. then Daya like,
1: producer and john david are also producers too yeah on it yeah um yeah but no i it was a i feel like it was a great piece of art and it's something that people are going to have dialogue over of like i can't believe he said yeah. that or because it's just one night of a fight between a couple and you kind of see right. it played out
0: it gets deep though. It does. And see, deep. Ruben tries to spend the night trying to defend Malcolm ass. And by the end of the movie, I was like, Malcolm still ain't shit. Mm-mm. Malcolm still ain't shit. But I will say, I did see some of myself in Malcolm. Um, I think it was like, I would see, like, Zendaya would say something, i like, oh, I understand. And then Malcolm would say something, i like, ooh, I'm like that. So I'm an asshole sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt like I understood both perspectives although ultimately as far as the main issue of the crux of the film Mm -hmm. I think Zendaya was rightfully upset um but yeah it kind of breaks off and when you're a couple you literally these little things that kind you kind of like keep adding up I'm not gonna say nothing I'm not gonna say Mm -hmm. nothing and then it'd be that one thing and it'd be like all
1: right nigga I'm gonna lay it and she said it she was like I think at the beginning of the night when they came home like I think we should just go to sleep like nothing i know you and i know how you're going to react and nothing is good is going to come out of this conversation and i feel like
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is me in the majority of arguments of like this is not going to solve a resolution like there's no resolution going to come from this so there's no point in either of us yeah. talking but then they continue to talk and then you kind of see the the clusterfuck that that ensues um but I I think too what I I think what I enjoyed too was in the film she's I mean they don't say their ages but she's younger than him but she's more mature in the in the Mm -hmm. entire night of like oh absolutely she's more self-aware she's more mature she's like I I see the best in you I it's almost like I felt like she knew she was kind of in control in a sense because if you know how a person is going to react you are able to mm-hmm. control and maneuver them to say okay she i'm gonna very, do this i'm gonna do this very
0: aware yeah
1: even that kitchen scene she yeah. she knew what she had to do to get him to see a point mm-hmm. that she was trying to make to get his attention yes and she did exactly that the more he talked i was like at first i'd be like "Oh dang,
0: marie dang you kind of fucked up but then the more he would talk i'd be like hold up that's 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 why she did what she did or why she said what she said Mm -hmm. okay um it was weird for me i mean i think zendaya did a great job i like zendaya's performance in the movie better than i like john david's Uh, i think it was something about his monologuing that i didn't um I didn't really feel the essence <laughs> of the character through him, but I definitely felt the essence of the character through Zendaya. Mm-hmm. But I will say seeing her in some of those sexual scenes, literally, I was like, no, because oh, you know like eyes covered. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, I feel like I feel terrible I watching, think, like, yeah, this young woman yeah. that I grew up.
1: Clearly, she's grown yeah. as fuck,
0: and she but, is like, there's literally nothing wrong with what so she's
1: So I doing. never watched her in anything Disney. So I only, I knew she existed okay. in the realm of like that, but I never saw her as that. So it's not difficult for me to see her as a young grown ass woman in this because I didn't see her in what she did on Disney. I just knew she-
0: And also, I have to go back to your point. I have to go back and look at her filmography, but I feel like I've only ever seen her play high school students, even on Euphoria, which is a mm, very mature yeah. show. She doesn't She doesn't really have sex scenes like she did in this movie. Mm-hmm. And also, like you know, even like the Spider-Man movies, high school, mm-hmm. uh, Euphoria's high school, Disney Channel. She was in high school. I, I think this is also just the oh. first time I've ever seen her
1: as a acting grown, as a grown, woman. yeah, for
0: real, like as a grown, a grown sexual being. So, yeah. it, so it's not like I said. It's literally it was nothing had to do with her, which is like older sister looking at little sister, yeah. like oh my god, I can't believe she like kissing his. Oh, what she yeah. doing? You know, like, <laughs> you know but yeah. yeah i think i think she did a, a good
1: job um what else was on this week uh, um wandavision um I, oh yeah i don't want to give any spoilers three,
0: I think we're five episodes yeah but episode
1: episode 4 the the fire got hot. and then episode 5 it was like
0: mm-hmm.
1: boom like
0: it it, it yes. made me to
1: the point i need to and, I, it. and i realized like i'm not the only one cuz this whole weekend i've gone back to watch the marvel movies in order so i i'm like i feel like i forgot something so have you after watching Mar- uh wandavision so i'm on civil war right now um okay but to go back and watch it for you for those of all who don't know me and Nina love marvel um yes so do. wandavision is on disney plus it's part of the whole um mcu
0: MCU um, universe, my girl.
1: Yeah. Oh, MCU, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. my girl, Tiana, not universe twice. My girl, Tiana <laughs> Paris, plays Monica Rambo. I'm obsessed with her. Yes. she is. Survivor's Remorse is, I think, where I, where I met her or hear white people. The love movie, her acting. yeah, she would play a little supporting oh, role I in the forgot, folk. I forgot era. she was there. Um, she's amazing. I think mm-hmm. she is one of the beautiful, most beautiful women in the world. Um. And she's gorgeous. And she's playing Monica, and I'm excited. Black Girl Magic in Marvel. Love to see it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching that. And I, I was sleeping on I, The first few
0: episodes, I was like, what the hell is going on? But, yeah, episode, finally episode three, four, five. Yeah. And not, now I'm like, okay, I understand. I love
1: when I love when series bring me back because I feel like Watchmen did that shit. But that was like seven whole episodes that I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then everything just started to make sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is riveting. Like I love what you're doing here. Keep doing it. Um Keep doing but WandaVision it. was like, yeah. what am I? is this like for kids? I was like, is this just for kids? What is, <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah. I
0: didn't understand what was going on. I was but like, is this separate? I should have known Marvel. Marvel never, I won't say Marvel never disappoints, but Marley, yeah. Marvel hardly misses. Yeah. Um, and, so I'm excited for X-Men and, and, uh, um, now Spider Man is gonna be in the MCU, yeah. like or no? I guess they they did include him in the MCU, but just yeah. having More. all of the characters back together because yeah. some of them were sold off. Oh, the Fantastic Four yep. can now be yep. included in the MCU, yeah. and so now with it's gonna be cool to see how they expand. Yeah, and
1: now with um, I was reading an article about with Disney Plus and with streaming, like now they're able to also they don't have to solely rely on big budget movies to tell the stories. Like now it's. Oh, now we can mm-hmm. have a show where we can expand these characters and do all yep. these other things with like secondaries, uh, superheroes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So now we can even get more and not just have to wait till like the big budget films and you know the theater and stuff come out. So even with that, right. it's like, are we gonna get a very specific spin off of something else now that normally if it was just movies, maybe they wouldn't get a movie, but now they can we get never hear. A, a series of eight, thirty-minute episodes. Say, is
0: that I really want them to do right by storm. Like I'm tired <laughs> of seeing these like,
1: you know, we,
0: we can get into our colorism episode yeah. bag some other day. But in the yeah. comics, Storm versus in the movie Storm, her skin tone just, just don't yeah, match. Yeah. Um, and I feel like she just has not been done justice. I mean, not and, and even when I look like at Halle Berry's, she, I think her best performance was probably Few a Few Test um as far as like storm is concerned but like i just feel like in general the character has never been certain, especially not in this new know yeah. the girl who played alia no all right so uh you know it's it's getting into february or nowhere like, almost mid-february i cannot believe that we're already in february like it just i feel like time has just flown by
1: It's a concept.
0: um but anyway you know It is. It is at this point. I don't know. Some days feel like a year and other days feel like a bit. I'm just not sure. Um, And, you know, tax season coming up. As we all know, this pandemic got everybody's pockets hurting or us everybody kind of looking at their finances differently. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, we, we talk about finances all the time, me and Dana do because we're nerds and we like to talk about money and salaries and things. Um, but you know, I understand that not all of my friends are like that. So this week we wanted to invite a personal finance expert onto the show, you know, to talk about how to get right in 2021. It's not too late. We're still in month two. You can still get right. Uh, and so, yeah, then if you want to go ahead and introduce our esteemed guest?
1: Yes, so this week we have Darla Bishop joining us. Um, Darla works in Washington, D.C. as a healthcare consultant. Um, She's a two-time University of Michigan graduate and Detroit native who is hardly home, but always repping, thanks to being a military spouse who moves when the army tells her to. In addition to surviving a pandemic, by staying in the house, thank you. (laughs) She's finalizing her doctorate in health policy, raising two super smart kids, and managing her small portfolio of businesses and rental properties. Darla is also a Leo born under a Scorpio moon in Jupiter Square. Welcome, Darla. Thank you so much for having me. Um, In case you all haven't caught, um,
2: I do wanna mention that I also happen to be Nina's sister. I didn't put it in the bio, but it's true.
0: Yes, I've known our guests my entire life, um, and that is not uh, an exaggeration. (laughs) We shared uh, bedrooms, um, and y'all know, if if y'all know me, y'all know my my, uh, spreadsheets that I keep every single month and all the money knowledge that I currently have, which is barely anything, I get it all from this girl right here. Darla, um, even, and it's funny when Darla, when uh, Dana said Darla Bishop, I'm like Darla Bishop. Oh, right, because that's not her given name, <laughs> her <very laughs> name. It's it's still weird uh, hearing it out loud. Um, but yeah, welcome Darla. She's amazing. Um, and so yeah, Darla. I mean, like I said, I mean, like her bio says, Darla is actually in the public health field, currently getting her PhD. and entire she's gonna be an entire doctor very very soon um but she also you know just knows a lot about personal finances so Dana and I have been trying to get her on the show and I've actually tried to get Darla on my last show um <laughs> but it just never worked out
1: yeah this is perfect. so tell us
0: <laughs> tell <laughs> us like from your perspective because you know I'm your sister so I know like almost everything that happened in your life but from you your perspective like how did you get into personal finance right because like public health and personal finance like a lot of people don't correlate so
2: i'm actually so glad that you brought them up in the same category so health-wise you may or may not know that one of the most impactful determinants of your health is your zip code where you live has a stronger correlation Mm -hmm. with how long you live whether you live with disease um and how you fare once you have those diseases and so you're like well what does that have to do with money guess what determines where you live is how much money you have right like how much you can afford in terms of a rent or a mortgage payment and what also determines your school districts if your parents aren't paying for private school also where you live what determines whether you have access to a hospital where you live okay so see how it it's a cumulative impact, right, and so public health and finances yeah. do go together, um, but personally, this actually started with, um, I went to a summer program, thank you to the Detroit's area pre-college engineering program, DAPSEP, um, when I was, uh, DAPSEP. DAPSEP. yes, DAP. <laughs> DAPSEP. <laughs> DAPSEP, I'm sure we got lots of
0: DAPSEP, uh, alumni yes. who are listening to me. um, <laughs> thanks
2: to DAPSEP, I got the opportunity to spend, a I think four weeks at the University of Michigan when I was a college, I'm sorry, when I was a high school sophomore. And growing up in the suburbs, you see how people live a little bit differently than you, but you don't necessarily know the ins and outs, right? And so being away at a sleepaway camp at a university with people with big money, you're like, oh, people really out here living different. Um, one of okay, the people okay. in my class, in my little cohort for the Michigan math and science scholars program, got special permission to drive his Range Rover to and from campus because he had to be at lacrosse camp on
1: three days a week. Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> right? So, and here I am leaving our, yeah, little, our little special yeah. science class at lunchtime with the, that little box of uh, tuna salad and crackers with a little red plastic spoon that you unfold to eat. And that was my lunch. just just to show you the the spectrum and I was like okay so clearly people
1: compared to a Range Rover (laughs) compared to the
2: dude driving the Range Rover to and from campus multiple days a week because Mm -hmm. his parents said he could not miss lacrosse camp but also needed to be in the Michigan math and science scholars program needless to say that was so different
0: than how we. and
2: so So, that was like my first introduction to like really seeing what that meant up close so when I actually got to college Thank goodness I'm a Gates Millennium Scholar. And so a lot of the things that I thought I would be worried about.
0: Humble brag. slight flex, right? Pause on that. Slight flex. Slight flex. Oh, I'm just a Gates Millennium Scholar. They just pay for, you know, my undergrad, graduate school.
2: No big. No big. Thank <laughs> you.
0: Thank you, Uncle Bill. I love it. Thank you, Uncle I love Bill, Bill Um <laughs> Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I still, he's still on my list of top five people I want to meet. Um. It used to be a top 10 list, but unfortunately, uh, the other five people have passed away, so it's now a top five list. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah. but Between Whoa. time, hard living, and COVID, you know, I better, I better start working on that yeah. list of people to meet. Okay, but back at the subject here. So um, yeah. the things yes. that I thought I was going to be worried about money-wise in school, I wasn't right? Like my tuition was paid, my room and board was paid. I had that little refund check and I was like, okay, well, if I know I'm okay, what can I do differently than what I thought I was going to be doing, right? I thought I was going to be working two jobs through college. I thought mm. I was going to be selling plasma. Like I thought I was going to be doing all types of stuff and having the scholarship meant that I didn't. So I was like, okay, let's buy a roommate whose parents came brought all her books, built us a loft, took us to Meijer. For those of you who don't live in the Midwest, Meyer is the 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 Mecca. It's Walmart. it's Walmart plus it's nice Target. Walmart. They got everything. They got furniture, yeah. they got groceries, they got all the stuff. Yeah.
0: A big department yeah, store.
1: Yeah. tires, tires, everything. Yeah,
2: everything. <laughs> um you know said, oh well why don't you come to Meyer with us and anything you girls need, we'll buy and I was like anything we need, you'll you'll buy you don't even you just met me today but okay I'm coming right like so what what can I learn from the people living down the hall for me and how and what their relationship Mm -hmm. with money is and then um and I also took the opportunity to not work that first semester I was like you know what maybe I'll since I don't have to I'll take the first semester and not work and just see how, what that looks like to not be a working student, because I, I had this full expectation that I would have to work my way through college, and I was like, well, if I take a sister and don't work, what's the worst that can happen, and the funny part about it is like nothing. I had slightly more time to study. I had time to get really active in student government, and that was one of the things that I realized, like, okay, this generational wealth stuff, and not even having the words for it then as an 18-year-old, this generational wealth stuff isn't about the big houses and the the fancy cars it's about being able to take your child and their roommate to Meyer and tell them to cash out and it's no problem
1: so how do I yeah. get
0: there? yeah right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and so
1: I took that yeah. of- that's that's so key yeah and so
0: that's a privilege that I don't think a lot right. of people think about like being able to to go to the store, getting ready for college or a big moment in your life and not having to second guess, like, do I have to put this back in order for that, like prioritizing mm-hmm. stuff? I guess, yeah, that, that's something or I, even not I even just b- feel like I've gotten a privilege of having to think through, not having yeah. to think through.
1: Or not even having to budget before going. Like those parents probably didn't have a number in their head of like, mm. oh, what do we need? It's just, oh, whatever they need, we can afford because it's not going to be yeah. They're not going to buy out the mire right. or even adding another kit to come in like right cuz oh whatever you may need. Exactly, cuz they what if you needed a new bed? What if you needed a new whatever? So, oh yeah, sure, bring that in. So,
2: Yeah, and the gag is they had regular jobs. They had regular jobs. Mm-hmm. These were not doctor, lawyer, professional athletes. These were people with regular office jobs. So, I spent my time reading books, watching PBS specials on financing and budgeting and like reading articles because this was when Amazon was just starting to be the way that you bought books. And so they always like once you bought one book from Amazon, they'd say, well, you might want to read this one. And so I'd be like, okay, it's only $2.99, you know, used. I'll go ahead and add that to my cart um, while I'm also buying my books for Spanish class and chemistry class. And just like seeing that there could be a completely different relationship with money than what I saw growing up. Because what I saw growing up, people thought success was driving a fancy car, living in a certain neighborhood and wearing certain name brand. What I realized is mm-hmm. no, the success was in what I saw in my roommate's parents. They had regular, super regular jobs, but lived in a very nice neighborhood, in a comfortable home with reliable cars and had money in the bank. So I wanted to go after that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: That's good. Was anybody Yeah. I I was gonna ask, when you were when you were reading these books or kind of doing this discovery in undergrad, was anybody with you? Because I feel like oftentimes when people learn about personal finances or money, they really take the personal in it. And it's like they don't, we don't talk about money. We don't talk about you know, anything with, with anyone or salaries like that. Did you have like friends or anything that was kind of, Oh yeah, let's learn this together or let's talk about how we spend our money. Or was it kind of a self um, self search in the, in the beginning? What I will say
2: is to the credit of the, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. One of the things that they had for us as scholars is one of the first things like the, I think it was like by three weeks in to school, Um, they invited everybody who was a scholar that year to a scholar weekend and depending on where you were going to school you either went to the east coast location or the west coast location and one of the like 30 minute sessions of that was like how to manage finances as a college student so it gave us tips like buying books used, um, asking your friends um, and roommates if, if you know they've taken a class the semester before you, if the, you can use their books if they don't plan to sell them back, um, they, You know if you have a meal plan, maximizing your meal plan. So like these really simple tips, but that got me thinking like, okay, well, if Bill Gates want me to be a good steward of his money, let me figure out how to be a good steward of his money. Because technically, now that he gave it to me, it's my money.
1: Mm-hmm. right <laughs> right
2: and so yeah yes and no I guess like other gate scholars were who went to that class with me we sometimes talked about money a little bit because we would um also we going to that conference we got a chance to meet each other and would sometimes spend time with each other you know either studying or going to the union um so sometimes we talk about it but I wouldn't say it was like a singular mm-hmm. focus I was more focused on you know being really involved with student affairs and uh, student government.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, you know, as you were as you were kind of telling like as we grew up in kind of like how we saw wealth or or the or uh, what we perceived as wealth, wealth right was like name brands or nice cars just because that's literally the bubble we kind of grew up in of like oh when when i grow up and i get a good let's say government paying job right because we we have family who either work for the government or worked on the plants because you know we're we're off everybody on this call is from Detroit which most of you know by now mm-hmm. um that was like the establishments or that's what we thought wealth was and then now that you had that opportunity to branch out which i don't think is a story that i've heard outright maybe i've heard bits and pieces of that story but the the singular thought was really interesting to hear you just say now um And it's so crazy because you so like you went to this class and you you know you had these different influences but i but all of my influences literally came from you so it's funny how that Mm kind of led Mm -hmm. like like how that trickled down how you took the knowledge that you learned and so one of the questions we definitely want to ask is like for those of us who are in our late 20s or or, i mean not those of us because i'm 31 okay (laughs) just to be early 30. um but early, you know, late 20s, early 30s, like what would be some of that advice that you would instill on them? Because you've instilled so much on me. So like, what would you say to somebody who's like, man, I really want to get my financial So there are three things,
1: specifically for for women too, for single women, um, single black women too. Mm -hmm. Because I think we have the idea and we're not that, me and Nina are not that type but the idea of like, oh, I'm gonna get married and do this. Like so much of, I hear a lot of women our age like they're, they're view of what their money could be is tied to who they end up marrying and like so hitching their wagon onto mm-hmm. that instead of this is mine whatever I have is what I have and then individually if I meet yeah. somebody's son or whatever down the road like then that's more income but kind of even shifting that how can I as my own person maximize my personal finances
2: so there are three things that I thought about when I was preparing for our show today and The thing that I wanna make sure people hear first and I'll try to repeat it again at the end because it's so important is that when you have control over your money, you have control over life. And I'll tell you a couple of examples of what I mean by that. When you have a little bit of money saved and you feel secure in your financial station, if you have a job that's treating you bad, guess what? You can leave it. If you have a man that's treating you bad, Guess what? You can leave it <laughs> if you <laughs> if you live in a neighborhood that is stressful or dangerous. But you got money in the bank. Guess what? You can leave it. <laughs> so and so that being having control over your finances, whatever that looks like for you, figure it out and get there. Um, so that's the thing that like is really the point: is having control can really give you a lot of options. Um, money is a tool that can be used in a lot of ways. And when you use it as a tool, it gives you access to things. And it's not even that you need the things, but sometimes just having access to them makes you feel a whole lot better about where you are in your life and where you're going. Um, and so like, yeah. if you're single, you're in your late twenties, you're in your early thirties, um, you know, t- take a look at your credit report. Do you, are, you are, are your bills being paid? People are always like, you know, I'm worried about my credit score. You know who doesn't have to worry about their credit score? People who pay their bills on time and don't overspend. And so in order to not overspend, you need to understand how much it costs you to live your life. And what goes into, and that's, you know, budget. Budget is the word that comes up, but budget can be off-putting to someone who feels like they don't know what a budget is or how to build one or where it to start. All a budget is, is a list of all the stuff it costs a list of all the stuff you need to live the life you like to live. And then the dollar amounts that those things cost. Right. And so you have to sit down and think about, well, what, how do I like to live my life? So let me tell you how I like to live my life to just walk you through an example. So I like to live my life by, um, I only want to cook two days a week, even though I have a family I'm feeding, I only want to cook on Sunday and then again, Thursday. So that means I need to have money in the bank, um, in my budget, to be able to order takeout on Wednesday night so I don't have to cook on Wednesday. And then I need to have enough in my budget to be able to order at least one breakfast meal on the weekend and at least one lunch meal on the weekend so that I can cut down on how many times I have to prepare food for my family. The other way I like to live is when yeah. an emergency comes up, I like to be like, no problem.
1: right throwing money in a here. situation yeah that is yeah. my f- yes yeah <laughs> that money is my for time i will money pay for, for convenience that is
2: my favorite pastime is mm-hmm. throwing money at problems you know one time i busted my tire And I was like, man, I busted my tire. What do I even do? So I get a tow truck. They take me to the tire place. And they're like, well, ma'am, we're going to replace your tire. But we always recommend you replace two at a time because it helps with your balance. I'm like, sure, no problem. But I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I got it. So let me ask, how much does it cost to buy four tires? And they're like, oh, well, actually, we're running this. So buy four tires only costs $100 more than if you were going to buy the two tires. I was like, well, go ahead. Throw it in the bag. Give me four tires. At first, I was like, I can't believe I just spent $600 on tires. But then when I drove that car, do you know that car mm-hmm. felt brand new? Felt like a brand new car.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. and when's the next and it'll be a while before you need tires right. again. So. right.
2: And so yeah. that's the other thing. The the third thing. So I told you two, right? So the first one was have control of your mm-hmm. money, have control of your life. Two understand how much it costs you to live the life you want to live. And and then the third piece of that is then go out and get enough money to do that. And so if you're mm-hmm. working a job yeah. that mm-hmm. don't allow you to live the life you like to live, you need to do two things at the same time. You need to both reduce your expenses, but also increase your income. And it's a lot faster to Mm -hmm. decrease your expenses than sometimes it is to increase your income. Because it might take you a few years to increase your income because you might need to change jobs altogether. You might need to go and get some additional training. And I'm not talking about a degree because degree is an expensive training. You might need a certification or to pass an exam or to get a certificate or to sit through a class, right? Um, So that you can say, oh, how do this? So that you can get a different job in a different setting, in a different industry, so that you can make more money. So if you, by doing them together, that is the fastest way to get your finances in a better place. So reducing your expenses and looking for ways to increase your income at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's so important. I I think too, even, it's kind of funny, similar to when you were talking about how you like started paying attention to the people around you, and then you were able to turn and teach Nina. That's similar to how Like my dad is Nina's you. Um, And he said he learned about money from working around, like he started off working at MBD bank and he was around a bunch of white people who just lived their lives differently because they had money. They knew about the stock market. They knew this. And so he was like, they know something that I don't know, or they're privy to something I don't know. So like, let me start doing this and then in turn he turned around and, and started teaching me um everything but one of the key things and it sounds like what you were saying too is also understanding your spending habits and like knowing tr- being truthful with yourself yes. of what you spend being with. truthful because i think some people they're so like key. oh i i this is my rent and this is my utilities and yeah i buy food like i know how much money i spend when i buy food mm-hmm. and, as, and, I like even, crab legs. and it's because i like crab legs and i like lamb chops
2: <laughs>
0: And I like, and I
2: love, I love going to dinner with my friends.
1: It's like, a and, and yes, I <laughs> yes, yeah.
2: And I love going to dinner and when I go out friends. to dinner,
1: appetizer, drinks, everything. Dessert, spend money drink. on Drug dealers at brunch. Yes. Yes. Dessert. yes. But then in turn, I'm also like looking at the cost of soap and saying, oh, I can buy this bulk and then keep refilling myself. Like, is I yep. choose what things yes. I'm going to spend my money on and what things I'm going to be. I think that's the key. And budget. Yeah, I think, and it's, and it changes for everybody, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not, like, I'm not
0: like a ham shoes person. Like, I don't need, any like, you know, as far as I'm still at Target, I, I can do the Target thing all day. All my are Target. But like, when it comes to what I like to eat or the quality of food, yeah, exactly. or the quality of food I eat, I'm like, oh, I'll spend a little bit more on that than I will this. You just have to know yourself and be honest with yourself when Beyonce goes on uh, tour, about
1: I'm your row. spending
0: habits. You like, gotta have your emergency money, okay? And to be, to, and to be, to be, be willing yeah. to
2: try something different than you normally do, right? So like, if you normally shop at this grocery store, but your grocery bill keep getting higher and it's still just you in the house, maybe see what Aldi mm-hmm. and Trader Joe's is talking about. Maybe shop with a grocery list. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe clip some coupons. There was a long time where I was a mm-hmm. couponing, like one of those extreme couponers,
0: I remember yes. that face. And, like, I I was face. I was
2: the woman in the store holding <laughs> up the line talking about uh, "Uh, I manager you need to double my coupon. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have I have oh, I have moved thing. on from that yes. stage.
0: It's important to trial yes. and error cuz some things is like oh cuz I was in a coupon phase too. And I was like, okay, I can't keep this up. So where where am I going to pivot? And it was just like, okay, I'm going to do Costco for some of this mm-hmm. bulk stuff that I know I'm going to get at a lower price, regardless of whether I have coupons or not. Because it just was, I just honestly was not going to keep couponing and like going through pages and trying to figure out if I do this one the sequence of the coupons in order to get it to be negative yeah. 35 cents like I just Right but
2: if this if yeah. you're starting out with trying to get better control of your finances that's one of the easiest way. Do you know that rich people don't pay, don't spend their money? Like one of the books I read and of yeah. course I I should have gotten the title for you but it was like The 1-Minute Millionaire. Yes, that was the title of it. The 1-Minute Millionaire. And this book talked about all the ways that actual millionaires Spend and don't spend their money, and like rule number two of the One Minute Millionaire was always ask for a discount. Always, the worst they can tell you is no. Best they can tell you is mm-hmm. oh, actually, I know you were looking at Model B, but Model A, um, we still have a few of them. And if you buy Model A, which really is just a year older and works the same and it's brand new because it's mm-hmm. here in the store, mm-hmm. I can give to
1: you twenty five percent off. What? I just saved twenty five percent. Comcast do that. I do that with Comcast and Xfinity all the time. Um, Is there something cheaper than this? Otherwise, I'm going to leave. And it's, oh, well, actually, we have a deal. Like, yes, always give Always give And, you know, I'm a student. So I'm always like, do you have a student discount? They tell me no. Do you have a military
2: discount? They tell me no. Do you have a, I'm going to pay cash and you can take the taxes (laughs) off because I have cash. Like, I'm not going to swipe a card. I have (laughs) cash, like paper money right here that I can give you. Yeah. No? Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, well, thank you. You know, you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I th- I, I think, think that that comes with a level of confidence because a lot of people don't have conf. They feel awkward talking about money. Mm-hmm. One, right, and then two, they don't have the confidence because they don't like talking about money. They don't have the confidence to be like, ah, you know, it's worth asking, or ask, you know, asking that question to the salesperson when I'm making a major purchase, or I'm gonna. I feel a little timid and awkward. Now, so one exception.
2: At all. I play black prefer. business owners. What they tell me, I pay to pay them. I don't ask for discounts. Oh yes, like absolutely, play, pay absolutely what their rates are.
0: These corporations, now, exactly. Don't give like a if
2: you if you are a big <laughs> yeah. box store, yes, I'ma ask. But if so and so is a consultant and says her hourly rate is that, then that's what her hourly rate is, and that's what I'ma pay. And
1: I'ma do it. Yeah, yeah. I think too to your mm-hmm. point of millionaires absolutely. always asking. One of the things that I started doing is like anytime I actually pay something with a dollar, I make sure my dollar is working for me in some other avenue. So like little things of with Lyft and like with the Chase Sapphire credit card, like for every dollar you spend, you can get a point for airlines. Like, so all my Lyft drivers pay for my flights that I fly everywhere with. So if I'm paying for something, my dollar is getting used at least twice. Now that that takes, that amounts to me spending days doing research to see what credit card has the best perks and like all of this. But in the end i'm able to kind of make my money work for me in multiple areas that then kind of help extend the use of the dollar in a yeah side. absolutely
0: absolutely yeah so you know I think you have, for the listeners here, you have three women who have, you know, we all love talking about money. I think I've talked about money and career things with both of you at lengths of time. Nice. <laughs> um, but we've also made a lot of mistakes, right? I think we can all agree that we've, that we've all made a lot of mistakes. And so, uh, Darla, uh, without telling my personal business, because you know all my mistakes. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen people make and what like what some of the advice you have like for those big mistakes of like oh man I shouldn't have made that purchase um I shouldn't and I have many of those you know what would you say or something yeah for sure and I
2: was see. actually going to disagree and be like I haven't made a whole lot of mistakes since I've been in control of my own money but but no. but I'm a Leo. See, better I'm a Leo so, <laughs> so that's how I feel about my life. Oh she's a Leo oh yes, like, yes you know, I, I either win or I learn yes. which means I'm winning twice. But anyway, <laughs> anyway um, back to yes. your so <laughs> never wrong. So um, biggest financial mistakes. Actually, this is one that I did make. So so I guess I'll back up on my previous statement and humble myself. Um, is not having a savings account slash emergency fund. And so if you are trying to figure out because what's sometimes hard about when you have a lot going on financially, like maybe you have some debt, maybe you have student loans, maybe your rent is too high, and you're just trying to figure out where to even start one of the best things you can do is to get into the habit of saving and building a small emergency fund. Because if you have a small emergency fund that keeps you from going further into debt, that keeps you from going into a panic when there's an an emergency or something that comes up unexpected, because now it's just inconvenient instead of life off, right? Like I can give the example of when I was growing up, um, if a car broke down that could really throw off my parent for a week, a month. How am I going to get the kids to school? How am I going to get to work? Yeah. If, I, if they were working a job that they only got paid when they were there, then that threw off the budget for weeks at a time, right? So having a small emergency fund can make something like that go from being detrimental to, oh, it's a little inconvenient. And so my yeah. suggestion to anyone who's, who's thinking about where to start is start by building a small emergency fund. Um, $1,000 is the goal. If that feels too far to reach, $500 can help you solve a lot of problems. If you got $500 cash you can put your hand on, that can help you solve many a problem or at least get you closer to the solution and buy you enough time to figure out how to get the rest of it. And so if you're trying to figure well, how do I even come up with $500? I told you my finances are a mess. Is you have to, again, look at your budget, look at how you're living your life and how you're spending your money and figure out what's the amount that you can put aside that you will never touch again. Because what is far more powerful is if you figure out you can only set aside $5 every check, but that is $5, you know, you'll never have to go back and touch. That's way more powerful than putting away a hundred, going to take 20 from it, going to take another 30 from it, going to take 50 from it. Oh wait,
0: Been there too. then mm-hmm. the hundred is gone.
2: <laughs> Whereas if you, maybe if you put away yep. $5, the $5 didn't get you, you were okay with it. And then the next paycheck, $5, guess what? After a couple of months, you got a little money saved. And then you'll look in your savings account and be like, oh, well, I didn't miss that $5. Maybe I can bump it to 10 and see how it feels. And if 10 doesn't feel right, bump it back to five because the most important thing is being consistent.
1: Mm. I feel like some of this stuff too has to be, at least from what I know, the people who I've grown around and even like Nina and it's folks who it's almost in their personality trait to kind of think, ahead in the future or see the benefit of like, Oh, I'll save this for in the future, as opposed to people that I know that are more spontaneous or just kind of think in the moment, like for them, this would have to be more of a, an exercise to start thinking in that way of planning for the future or thinking five, this is only $5, but compounded every paycheck I get, I'm contributing $5. Eventually I'm going to have something that's, um, that's worthy of a savings as opposed to, Oh, it's only $5. I can't, what is $5 going to do with me? I feel like that's almost a mindset shift for some folks that would have to have to start doing that as well. It definitely, if, it's not, if it's not like in their personality, cause I'm, I'm cheap by personality. Like whether I had $0 or a million dollars, I feel like I'm always going to be cheap or like, I'm not spending that for the, I ain't spending that much money on that. Like I don't need it that bad. So that helps me with the money. Cause I'm not like, I'm also very risk averse. So I'm not about, oh, I, yeah, I'll try this and spend this. And, you know, um, so I feel like for a lot of folks, it's a mindset shift. It is. To either really start practicing. And one of the
2: horrible things about social media is like, unfortunately, people flexing or showing off things that they do have and making you feel like what you have. And so you also have to get to a point and loving and appreciating where you are in your life today that what other people have to say don't matter yeah. now again as a leo <laughs> i never care what people think about me which sometimes gets me in trouble um, yeah i
0: know you got a leo a capricorn and right? aquarius so literally no one on this call cares what other people think so we're honestly probably the worst <laughs> we actually are <laughs> Cause we, we all be like, oh yeah, I really don't care. sis. I'm gonna do me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it looks it's, if it wasn't either way. You, yeah, right. either way.
0: Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, cause I mean, you know, darling, I grew up in the in the same lower middle class household, um, and so our priorities because uh, we like, I think it's safe to say, darling, that we are that we both grew up with the mentality of like, I never want to be broke again, or like that's how we operate. That's how I operate, like, I, I don't ever want to go back to that. So I'm constantly thinking about setting up my future setting up a way in which I can continue to be comfortable because I remember dreaming of the house that I have now and dreaming of the carefree uh, mentality that I have with, with some of the um, uh, things I, I enjoy, like getting my nails done or getting my hair done. Like I used to dream like one day I'm gonna be able to do that And that helped propel me to some more uh, responsible choices, even though not all of them were responsible, but not everybody uh, responds that way once when they grow up poor, they grow up in like, well, it's, I don't, I might be broke again, so let me spend it Yeah. It just really depends on which side of the coin. No, and I
2: saw a lot of, and experienced a lot of feast and then famine, feast and then famine. And the the Mm -hmm. truth is, it's because Mm -hmm. it costs a lot of money and time to be poor. And so when you are poor and you've you've been without, as soon as you get something, you're just so happy to have something. And you know that there's bills that Mm -hmm. need to be paid and there are responsibilities that you're behind on. But you're like, can I just get a break and enjoy something? And so that's- Because you're still- Right. So, So then you feast a little bit and you're like, okay, I feel a little better. So now I can, I can get through this season of famine, not realizing that you're also contributing a little bit more to that famine because you just needed a break from the famine. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if everything around you is, that's what you see. If you only see that constant cycle of it, then you think that that's how life is. I remember my, my big aha moment was my parents used to drive us. On Jefferson along the water in Gross Point. So it's like nice, maybe $2 million, $3 million. They're not uh, like amazing mansions, but they're bigger than the house that I grew up in. And the idea that these type of houses, to your point, with people with regular jobs, you know, probably a a, a hell of a lot of generational wealth, but more so like uh, a pharmacist or you know, something maybe with yeah, a college degree. A teacher. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute, people are living like this, and this is this is gross point. And I live in Detroit. This is 15 minutes away from me and people are living a completely different life. And you're telling me the difference mm-hmm. is money to your point of like control. So that was, I want this. And this is, this is 15 minutes from me. I can ride my bike to, to see something like this. I think that was my shift of like, this isn't just movie stars and, you know, athletes and things far, far in the distance. Like this is something that's attainable. Um, what do I have to do to obtain it and be able to, to get, to share, to share that wealth and be able to give my kids that and, and, you know, to have their kids to, to be able to, to, to experience that as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think what is, what is one of the most valuable things I gained from attending a university and being away from home, like, yeah, the degree is really helpful and and is really what has allowed me to build a career. Right. But more than anything was literally seeing people, my age, just having a completely different relationship with money, having completely different relationships yeah. with other people and how they live their lives. And so yeah. it just like it sparked something in me like, oh, okay, so there is a different way. And even if I can't ask them directly, people write books all day. I can go read a book. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And now they're yeah. on audio. Yeah. People love talking so, about themselves. So, so people love talking about themselves too. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Go on
1: YouTube and listen. They'll,
0: some people will put you on game um so you know as I alluded to earlier uh you're married because I I mentioned that I was like oh Darla Bishop it's weird to hear that said out to hear it <laughs> said out loud um and you have two beautiful children one which you, you deliver in a pandemic <laughs> uh, also in my living room <laughs> which I mean my sister's in her living room by herself y'all it's it's a crazy we'll talk about story, that another crazy week. story but <laughs> my niece
1: <laughs> Talk about saving some yeah, money. Our, maybe like, <laughs> about <saving> some money. <laughs> like that hospital. Nah, we can Not do like this here.
0: Wait, you know what? That hospital bill actually was, from, it was okay. only eighty dollars uh-uh. because
2: they just had to make sure we was okay.
1: Oh,
0: I did <laughs> all the work.
1: Okay, see the so, personal, babe. Get the kitchen cutters. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love efficiency. Let's go.
0: So, so you know, you're married, two kids. But, you know, your money game has, has, to my knowledge, not changed. Like your focus, your, your focus on building wealth for yourself and now for your family has not changed. So, you know, like how have you adjusted to marriage and kids? How has it, you know, from the, from the inside, how would you so say So I do changed?
2: have to be really clear about something. My husband and I, um, when we were getting serious, we dated, we met and dated in college. We were starting to get serious. I made it crystal clear to him that money was my thing that like I had strong feelings about money and that we had to have a budget and that if we were going to be serious, we needed to do money deliberately or else it wasn't going to work for me because money was a, a, at that time a trigger. Now it's I I'm a much better place. Thanks to hours and hours and hours and hours of therapy, find a therapist therapy, Um, but uh, so even at the beginning of our relationship, we established a way that we would do our money together. So we actually have what we call money meetings and we have them quarterly where we basically sit down and look at our household budget, make sure that the and we use a hybrid approach where it's my money, his money and our money. And so we, um, the, for the our money column, we make sure that we're putting enough money into the shared account that goes for our shared expenses. You know, do we need to move up or down? Do we have enough money for our shared savings? Are we saving enough? You know, do we need to move mm-hmm. up and down? We have some travel coming up or there's a holiday or some weddings. You know, how are we gonna pay for those activities? Okay, we'll, we'll take some money out of this account. You take care of your friend's wedding gift. I'll take care of my friend's wedding gift, right? We basically like, just plan out how the next few months of our money's gonna go. Um, and we to this day still do that. And so what has changed since we've had children is we, we actually have more frequent mini meetings. And so we still have our quarterly cadence. But if something comes up for the kids, we'll like actually pull up our notes from the previous official meeting and be like, okay, what
0: do we decide about this? Yeah, I'll take notes. Yeah, we an, I love it. So love there's
2: been every every yes, day. <laughs> we have an agenda. We have an agenda and we have notes. And I mean, the notes are so, super formal. It's like, it's a bullet point list of we're going to talk about these 10 things. And then it's like, whatever the decision was for item number two. So for daycare, we decided yeah. that we were going to pay it this. on this credit card because we want to get the points. And so then when the credit card, when the um, daycare bill changed a little bit, because we added the second kid, it was like, wait, what do we say we're going to do about daycare? Oh, we're going to pay it on the credit card. Okay, cool. All right. So let's make sure it's set up for the credit card. So that kind of thing. And so the, oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, is this kind of coming into it, would you say that you were more financially literate or were you guys kind of equally financially literate? And like, is it more of you teaching your knowledge and kind of sharing, or is it both of you kind of having a good set of knowledge and coming together? Um, Cause this sounds great, but like, I can just imagine if someone had zero knowledge and in coming into a partnership, it's kind of, being able to balance out and educate so was there a level of like educating each other or saying hey we really need to understand real estate so let's start learning about this or we need to understand this for our budget so understanding this kind of what was that for you so all? i i haven't shared
2: this part but you guys have figured out that i'm a control enthusiast
0: <laughs>
1: hi nice to meet you so am i <laughs>
0: So, so, we got to do a sister episode <laughs> another time so I can tell y'all how Darla really be punking people. Like, we're at the same restaurants and the same job sometimes. And I, I have stories. So, a control enthusiast, this is the first time I'm hearing this. That's hilarious. Hilarious. But can tell you, I'm not going to talk about right now. So, I,
2: I am a reformed <laughs> control freak. I have downgraded to a control enthusiast. But at the time, because again, I already stated, money was like a trigger for me. Like I I was like really motivated to figure out how to have a different life. And so I had read a ton of books. I will say that I think at the time, my husband had some baseline knowledge. So if we were gonna give it a percentage, I was probably 75% of the knowledge and, 20, and he was 25% of the knowledge. Like he knew about budgets, he knew about some real estate because of his his own parents and their experiences. Um, but because I had been motivated the previous year, the few years being a college and grad student, I had read a ton of, I did bring a little bit more to the table. I made it clear, like I need to be in control of our money because that's how I'm dealing with my trauma and my trigger It's like, if I control it, then I feel good about it. And he, and he was yes. like,
0: Are you, and you have to know it's trauma and you have to be able to recognize it and, and identify it and still say, I need a partner who's going to help me, who, who knows this about me and knows that this is a trigger for me and won't get offended because I want to, Right, and he and he's self awareness.
2: Oh yeah, and he's military, so he sometimes jokes and said, "Oh right, that's your PTSD." When I do something like I'm not paying for that, or I can get that for free from our neighbor, or (laughs) he'll be like, "Oh right, your PTSD." (laughs) Right, so he 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 was he was okay with that, and he was like, "All right, so you want to drive? Fine, no problem." Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and so I think the big shift too was before we were married. Um, oh, I should have talked about this when we were talking about financial mistakes, so I'll, I'll weave in a little bit. Before we were married, I was doing a lot to help my family, you know, included our brother, my mom, yes. other relatives, absolutely. but that was a priority yeah. for me, like, because I also realized that, like, the people around me were absolutely doing their very best that they could, and so they, it was not their fault that where we were, and that if they had additional, I had additional resources, so let me sprinkle resources at them so that they could be in a better and different place, right? And so that's one of the reasons that, that pushed us into the hybrid financial model as a couple is because, one, I didn't want him to be responsible for the things that I had taken on responsibility for my siblings and my other family members. And two, I didn't want him to have ground to say anything about it because that was a priority for me. And I couldn't have him telling me, hey, this month things are a little tight. You can't take care of that for fill in the blank nope that's that's not a discussion that's on the table because this is important to me Mm -hmm. so what has shifted is over the years Mm -hmm. i have literally and i've told people this as they were coming off i was like nina you have now graduated from graduate school you are coming off the payroll so how much time do you need to come off the payroll do you need six months do you need a year because you are coming off the payroll and so i like i don't i'm not gonna just drop you but we need to It's time for you to take over this bill. And this is the part that I want to talk. Here's your notice. Here's your notice, right? And this is the part I want to talk about in terms of financial mistakes. What I often see as a financial mistake, and luckily I had read a book about it before I got into it, so I knew better, was the desire to help your family outweighing your priorities. And so if you want to help your Mm -hmm. family, I highly encourage you to do it. It makes you feel good. It helps you worry less about whether they're going to be okay And it's not, but, and it's important for you to figure out a way to do it that fits, actually make it a budget. So one of the best things that I did based off of a book I read was instead of saying, and I'm going to, I don't want to name the family member. So family member A would call, and I noticed they would call every, not month, but maybe every two months and say, hey, can you help me with fill in the blank? And I would be like, sure, I have it. But you know, it's actually really tough because I, I, I keep a budget for me to just help you when you need to, but I want to help you and I have it. Um, So it sounds like about every other month, you have an expense that's $150 that's hard for you to handle. Would it be okay for me to take over a bill for you? Do you have a bill that's $75 or $100 every month that I could just pay and I'll add it to my budget list and then it becomes my bill to pay. So now I freed up that $75 or $100 that you seem to be short But it fits into my budget so that it's now a line item on my budget. So find a way to help the family members you want to help that fits in your budget. And one of the easiest way I found to do that was to take over a bill. So for one family member, it was a a cell phone payment. For another family member, it was their car insurance. Uh, For another family member, these might all be the same family member. I'm not trying to tell their business. It might have been their car payment, like whatever, right? But that that was now yeah. my bill that I took over for them. So that left them a little bit more wiggle room yeah. in their budget to either save or to handle when that emergency came up. So I wasn't getting the random calls, but and so everybody was good. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: you know, and we don't even have enough bandwidth to cover this in this episode, but just think about. Darla is the oldest sibling of of three, me and my brother. And... I'm sure at this time when she was in college, like this is like a 20, a 20-ish year old taking care of family members and her siblings and her mother. Like that is um, and just clearly I was there, I know, but you know, just hearing and reflecting, and even how you've taught it, you've turned it into these life lessons that you're like, okay, I can go forth and kind of give this advice. But just like sitting with that, if the listeners could just sit with that, how much pressure that is and how many other black girls are, have the same amount of pressure and have to figure out how to take care of their family, but also build wealth for themselves. And then eventually add a husband and kids to that and figure out, okay, how, where do, you know, I'm stretched in so many different ways. Like, just as you were saying, like the weaning off and being like, all right, I've given you a lot of my time and I've helped to build some stability for this family but I have to focus on myself now and like pulling back it's so so important so I really hope that the listeners like like I said that's a whole nother episode yeah because uh, Darla that's, is that's a very common like, <laughs> I feel like that's a very
1: common <laughs> amazing story too of either first generation college student or even if you're not going to college yeah. but like the first one to, to make, make it, it. or quote-unquote yeah. whatever ca- mm-hmm. capacity that could be yes. but you're like you're not so far removed from poverty or where you were before that there's not everyone else in your family looking back at you saying like, Hey, like, can I get help? help? Can I, I remember we had, um, when I was back at Microsoft, we had like the, the black employees. A lot of us were straight out of college and we were talking about like, you know, Microsoft has, and coming out of engineering, great salaries and all that type of stuff. And we were just venting of how different our money is and where it goes compared to our white counterparts. Everyone was like, oh, I pay this bill now. I do this. Like everyone's so proud of me, but I'm taking care of this person, this person, this person. So my $120 annual salary or whatever, you know, stretch out of college they were making, they're like, in reality, it's like 70, 60, living in expensive ass Seattle because of all the other things that I have to pay for. I'm not running out to buy a car or do all these other things that my white counterparts are doing. So it doesn't, it's not mm-hmm. the same. It
0: doesn't. On top exist. of having student loans. And here On we are. On top of student loans. <laughs> yeah. And
2: here right. we are, the cumulative effect right. of generational wealth and the regular stuff, just the regular stuff, right? The fact mm-hmm. that now, in order to help my family members, when I was fresh out of grad school, I had my own bills, which, you know, I had a budget. Plus, I added somebody else's cell phone, plus somebody else's insurance, because that was the way that I could contribute while also building my own stuff, right? Exactly that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, Darla, you are uh, amazing, and um, yeah, your story is resonating. It's probably going to resonate with so many people, but it's so true. It's it's a lot of pressure. Um, so you know, we're, I don't. I know you got a kids and kids with an S. And a husband and a household. So, you know, I know our time with you is limited. It's the golden time Um, of nap time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So what resources um,
1: would you suggest to our listeners? So there, or even search keywords, keywords if it's not like a specific Mm -hmm. title or anything, So where to start. So
2: not that I, so there are several celebrity financial people, right? And they all have a slightly different style. Um, There is one that I particularly like, not because his his materials are special or incredibly different than the others, but just because unlike the others, he gives you a a like, here's what you do first. Here's what you do second. Here's what you do third. And that's Dave Ramsey. He does lean Christian. And so there's a lot of God and stuff in his talk. But if you just Google Dave Ramsey, baby steps, if you don't know where to start, he has a good framework for where to start. Cause I think like I used to be a Susie Orman head. Susie was my girl. I read all her books. I paid for her CDs. I had the, 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 um, the membership to her website so I could get the alerts when a new book came out. Um but I think what was what's different about her versus Dave is Dave again just gives you like here's where you start one, two, three, four. So if you're not sure where to start, that's really helpful. Um there are some really good podcasts out there. If you literally just search in the in whatever wherever you get your podcast, personal finance, and just listen to the first 10 minutes. You know within 10 minutes if you like the way people talk about things. And then once you find the podcast that you like listen to it every once in a while and when you're in the car i mean hopefully you stay in your butt at home cuz it's a panorama um
0: panorama. And so
2: you're not in the car a whole okay. lot but if you are in the car like listen to that podcast when
0: there's listening one podcast i do really like and i don't know darla if you listen to this yes. money girl podcast money girl i don't know good. we've probably talked about this before yeah it's nice and short it's short and quick to the point it's not like an you know they hardly ever go over 45 minutes but I feel like it's actually taught me a few different things where I was like oh let me go look at that on my credit report let me go see how I can resolve mm-hmm. that. that was, if you, that's you prefer a good
2: to one. read content online nerd wallet is a great place they have brief articles and I yeah. mean they are also trying to sell yeah. a bunch of stuff like get you to apply for this credit card or stuff so if you can ignore that noise their articles are yeah. actually really good and they, they provide yeah. sources yeah.
1: um and then they're great on comparing credit card points and perks and stuff like that because I always go to yep. Nerdwallet for like...
0: That's how I decided to get my
1: sapphire. Yeah, and, well, the, and
0: Darla, and of course, I called Darla. And I think you had a... Yeah, I had too. a sapphire <laughs> too, yeah.
1: And then if you... <laughs> but I was on Nerdwallet. like, what's the best one? What, what makes sense for me? Because it's not going to be the best for everybody, but based on your spendings and stuff. Yeah,
2: and then if you've never really tackled trying to make a budget, you need a budget. YNAB um, is is really good. I don't personally use it because we, I just have a system that I've used for like the last 15 years and it works fine, but I have played with the tool and recommended it to other people because it's a really good way to see where your money is going and how to truly build um, a budget on how you really spend your money,
1: not just how you think you spend your money. Mm-hmm.
0: hmm yeah, Another those are key. two.
1: Very, yeah, those are two very different things of what actually. Yes,
0: I'm like, who the fuck keep going to Target? <laughs> it's me. It's no one else. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Step one: when you go to Target, have a list. <laughs> Don't go off of vibes, okay? Because that will vibes will knock you out of budget. Every time. I just
0: stopped going to Target. I keep my Target runs very, very far. In one thing that has helped
1: it me with Target is I
2: actually use uh, the drive that you <laughs> make your order on the
0: app. Oh make it your order. You, and it was yeah. just the
2: two or three things you ordered. So that was it. That's real. That's real.
0: That's a good one. Okay. So, you know, thank you for your financial tips. And I'm sure, you know, we would love to have you on the show again, maybe answer answering some listener questions. So yeah. you know, if you're a listener out there and you have a, a question um so go ahead and send it to us you can send it to us at queen pod at gmail.com or you can D- dm us either on instagram or twitter which is also queen tone pod um yeah so thank you darla for coming and sharing a little bit of your story with us there's so much more to uh uh to you um that i would love to get to in a- future but we're really appreciate yeah no thank you today. so much for
2: having me and um i'm not going to share my social because like i don't use it it, it would just be screaming into a void so if y'all have questions <laughs> yes. if y'all have
0: just go ahead right, and if y'all me. have questions for me send
2: them to <laughs> queen's home pod and then they'll they'll get them to me <laughs>
1: On this
0: theme of this week, because now I'm thinking back to what I said about Zendaya, and I just really got to get some folks together Zendaya. this week. Zendaya, yeah, I need to get some folks together. Uh, I don't even want to wait to the end because what y'all did to Chloe Bailey this week, y'all mm. some miserable ass heffless. And by yeah, y'all, it is, I don't even mean our it's listeners. It's mostly I don't women need too. Our
1: listeners, yeah, it is. My, oh,
0: oh it's oh it's absolutely if y'all
1: haven't if y'all haven't realized we're about to enter into um tone check (laughs)
0: tone
1: check let's let's just do the tone check
0: early so tone check check. so you know chloe and holly my two another group of Disney sisters so that's why i was like just better known as beyonce's
1: neos
0: right (laughs) 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 they pledged they crossed um and, you know, they have a second album out. They put out this past summer, right? 2020 summer. They 2020 were or quarantined like
1: tennis court. With- yeah.
0: Ungali Hour. They've given us several thousand uh, tennis court performances. Yes. Uh, but they are, you know, they've grown up before a lot of our eyes. They started out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, Chloe is now 22. And Hallie, um, who's it's currently 20. starring in a Disney, uh, Disney's Little Mermaid, the first Black Little Mermaid, which I'm super excited about. Um, yeah, she's 20. And they separated their accounts because Holly needs to be in London or wherever they're taping, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, The London. Little Mermaid, and, and yeah. Chloe is in L.A. And so they have two separate accounts now, which for the, the fans, this is something new to us, but not new to them because apparently they each have instances, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: according to Chloe. So Chloe's uh, Instagram has... Very fastly become my favorite Instagram account. Mm-hmm. I like, I might even check the box for notifications, and I never, <laughs> like, I've never, I have that for no account. Right. Um, but I love it just because she's like, she's beautiful. Like, she's gorgeous, and she's always like in these outfits, and it's just fun to see her, like, in her element and see them separate their personalities. Now, Holly is more kind of laid back. She's very mm-hmm. bad for a fact yeah um, holly is an a breeze, aries right and chloe is a cancer yes. and chloe is such a cancer
1: like which is why she cries every i'm ready to, i'm ready to fight so but continue
0: <laughs> right so you know they have their own accounts i love not only i love both accounts but it's just something about chloe being able to like she's very um well, what I perceive, like, in her performances to be a little bit more sensual, sexual, mm-hmm. like in her performances, mm-hmm. um, and really coming into her own, which I admire. It's just something mm-hmm. about seeing a young man do that, you know, in, in music that I love. I love mm-hmm. seeing it. So her posts are a little bit more sexual, and and also Holly is Disney. She's not gonna yeah. Be doing that. That's not that's that what I people her people are like. Either. Chloe was
1: like, I I signed no contract with Disney, <laughs> so I don't have to. I don't Right. Have to. So she can do what she wants, and she's grown.
0: She's a young yes. woman. She's a yes. grown young woman. And so you know she did the um, what is it called? Salad. Busted challenge. Busted she literally did the best busted challenge. She won. The best from the. Versace robe and bonnet, which already mm-hmm. was killing y'all, it was killing me personally because I ain't got that shit. And then she's just she looked really good, booty was popping, like it was.
1: Too she, was using, face- she was using she face- was using her twenty two like
0: absolutely. Then she she put some other videos up of her dancing. Um, She did another video where she was in a t-shirt and her underwear kind of, uh, well, she she was lighting some incense and stuff like that. And so then I guess people are starting to tweet at her and um, comment like, oh, you're doing too much to grab attention. Like, you don't need to do this good girl act turning into a bad girl. Yeah. you supposed to be a role
1: model. And and the killing thing about this is... I don't rem I and this is all coming from like social media and writing articles and stuff, but the majority of people that I saw that had something negative to say about Chloe were grown ass black women, not yes. men as much. Like I feel like this yes. was men Some men saying,
0: but they always go slut shaming. Like, I mean like yeah. <laughs> not that not, not, not that it's more acceptable, but it's, it's expected. No. Yeah. It's like yeah, okay, yeah. The, the the sky's blue. Somebody a uh, guy is slut yeah. slut slut sh- slut shaming. Chloe. Fine. Yeah. All right. But
1: these women but these, who I did not yeah. expect to start like saying anything and it, it, it it's it's like the same women who had some shit to say when WAP came out. It's like you didn't live mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. life or you're you're starting to realize that this the cheat code to life that we've been taught about being pure and being modest and being all of that is supposed to save you or put it's you in a different bullshit. category or whatever bullshit to be presentable or considered worthy in the in the eyes of men. And you're projecting that onto a 22 year old who's doing nothing other than doing what you didn't have the courage to do when your ass was 22. Right, so, right.
0: or the body to do. Yes, the, yes, sorry, yes. yes. The body, the face,
1: the spirit, whatever. I get it.
0: I get it. I mean, I don't I'm, get it. No, because all I'm, I'm saying sure is... you that, understand.
1: Yeah, because I'm like, I wish I would have had her confidence and everything at 22. I didn't. But girl, live your life at 22 because you're just going to be 10 times better off. But then these motherfuckers had the nerve to hurt her feelings so much that she got on Instagram Live trying to explain yes. herself and started crying talking about how she's Yay. learning to love herself. And so this is a way that she can express it. And honestly, I... To the point of, like, little sisters, because I feel like I've felt this way about them for a mm-hmm. long time. Like, I wanted the names. <laughs> to go back to Ariel. Ev- becomes, every I wanted body. the names. <laughs> these names. Yeah. Because I, um, I fight. I have no problem hurting all these families like that. And as a Capricorn, yes. she's a Cancer. I feel like Capricorns protect Cancers. And that's just, like, an innate... Mm. Y'all need to leave that little little grown Yeah
0: leave her the grown Which I was proud of her though because she Has not stopped posting her sexy Or like more sensual posts. She explained like look Like I've struggled with my I've had my own insecurities but when I perform When I'm making music and most of the things That she's doing dancing or playing music Or whatever that's when she's like Giving us these posts and I live And if you don't like it Unfollow unfollow. There's so many different things you mute, can do than being, she's not hurting anybody. And
1: then people were showing um, pictures of like, Chloe, I'm not Chloe, um, Beyonce, I think Crazy in Love came out when Beyonce was 22. And then Rihanna, mm-hmm. they were showing like pictures and basically saying, this is what artists do. One, like as an artist thing, like this is what artists do when they're 22 years old. So mm-hmm. why are, on that front? Why are y'all making such a big deal? And then if y'all saw them when yeah, they were younger, the that's something is, y'all have to get have over. Have
0: Instagram and TikTok. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and um, in direct, yeah. Contrast, they, I mean, if Beyonce
0: had Instagram and TikTok, she would have been doing the same shit in her little ghetto ass Houston accent, right. On Instagram, doing the same stuff.
1: Yeah, and in so complete contrast mm-hmm. to, um. And we ain't gotta talk about him too much because I I forgot that he had all these allegations around him. Trey songs but then when you see how the internet reacts when oh, right. Trey right. full frontal right. dick is on the internet and and it's right, I, Don't it, nobody give a fuck. It, it was a nice video, but like Don't nobody get- yo, Why is it such a contrast <laughs> Not for me for obvious reasons? But oh, well, um for me for obvious reasons. But <laughs> why is it so drastically different that? that's okay and then you have then right men the- can own
0: their sexuality this is the same shit where ti who's now under his own sexual a- a- uh accusations when they're like oh we need to check the hymens of our daughters but your son is there can fuck whoever he wants and this is like on their show and this almost yeah. in the same breath yeah. so it's just like you know what fuck all these people chloe don't listen to them Keep doing your thing, sis. Cause if I had that body, okay. And it's yeah. people out here paying good money. It's Kardashian money. Kardashian yes Yeah, to have his natural body.
1: Hat. Yeah.
0: Her yeah. natural ass body. Her natural ass hair.
1: Yeah. So and to clear like, up a rumor exactly. of what other people were saying, which is not true, because I don't know if y'all watch, but I watched AT Times on Thursday where they read listener mm-hmm. letters. It's, it's adorable but they didn't break up their instagram accounts so that chloe could quote unquote be out here asking for attention yeah, they broke what? up their instagram accounts because they are so homesick for each other that they still wanted to do tea time where they go on instagram live yeah, and talk to their the but they phone. can't do it because Holly is in london and chloe is still in la are so. people just dumb
0: they are suits yes. for no, okay that's yes. i, I think they're, they're in a pandemic they and them.
1: Yeah, and they don't have anything else to say so they can let out it all of their grievances sense. and triggers and traumas and project onto other people and then they do it on the internet so Chloe keep keep doing you keep being keep an amazing singer doing, producer because no one said no one seems to show the videos where she's play, uh, producing music and sounds like a fucking
0: right boss. she's
1: bomb like, she's no so one talented.
0: Talking about talented Oh, and by the way, since I'm I switched from Apple Music to Spotify, I'm giving it a couple Thank months you. to see if I actually like it. I'm not sold, no, I'm not sold, but yeah. I have been doing it. But you Chloe and Holly have a Spotify. <laughs> okay, Chloe and Holly have a Spotify single covering um, Janae, which I was this year yeah. uh, today's years up. old when I realized it wasn't Zayn and it was pronounced Janae.
1: Janae, I never knew
0: that. Yeah, I never knew that.
1: Their first anyway. album, it says pronounced Janae.
0: I didn't, but yeah, I wouldn't. I just know their singles, and I have seen Zayn, right? Z H A N. I've never actually heard anybody say, "Oh, and now finding my love, Janae." You know, yeah. like I've never. So anyway, um, they covered their song.
1: And that harmony on that Julia song,
0: Holly's voice on Finding My Love, or is that what it's sending? Called?
1: Sending My Love,
0: sending my love, yeah, it I is like amazing. It. Yes. My that cover is it. so bomb, y'all. Yeah. Y'all should go listen to it. It's their voices, and really their
1: their harmonies it's are perfect. are instruments. Yeah,
0: it's perfect for the song. It's yeah. a great cover,
1: yeah. Um, if I had singles like that too, just you know,
0: yeah, so you know, punk. I'm digging it, it's okay um we'll see you know what I'm I like, like 10 listening times the better. lyrics
1: Why they have that? lyrics they have lyrics
0: not all of them though because when I was trying to yeah. rap um pussy talk by the I um, don't... city girls they didn't have the lyrics oh, okay and I me and my homegirl, which was just me was upset okay yeah okay
1: <laughs> this episode was produced by us and edited by Dana Cole our theme music is the track same by Ricky Ells. Be sure to check it out on all streaming platforms. For questions, comments, feedback, or topic suggestions, hit us up at queentonepod at gmail.com. Be sure to also check us out and follow on Instagram and Twitter, at queentonepod. Thanks for listening.